0: Your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Right now, join T Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV.
1: better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast i'm joe marino of ndt scouting and fan rag sports joined by kyle krabs who is the founder and director of scouting with NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. We are your hosts here on a Friday edition of the Draft Dudes podcast, and uh, we are looking forward to talking about the weekend ahead in college football. We've got some scouting trips lined up, Kyle and I both, and so we're going to get into that as well as highlight some of the other things to pay attention this weekend from an NFL Draft scouting perspective. Kyle, welcome to the show here on this glorious Friday where we are both hitting the road.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, packing up as we speak. It's a big game for me this weekend, so I'm pretty excited about the little game between number two Clemson and number 12 Virginia Tech. So uh, definitely the highest profile college football game that I've gone to to scout in my scouting career, so I'm pretty excited about this one.
1: Yeah, that'll be a good one. So you, this is – well, yeah, Michigan-Iowa last year was pretty good, right? Well, yeah, but it was
2: – Iowa was unranked at the time. Right. So, if, yeah, now,
1: in terms of rankings, yeah.
2: Now, and here's something scary. Uh, we're, obviously, we're going to talk about the prospects for this game in just a little bit. But, uh, Jill I have seen five top 11 teams play in my lifetime in person with a scouting purpose. And those five teams are one in four. Mm. So this does not bode well for Clemson if you're going off of the karma and juju that I bring to scouting trips. Hey, can I
1: call you out? Is that okay if I do that real quick? Yeah,
2: go ahead. Hey, you've been you've been fairly lukewarm for
1: on Clemson. Now we we do our uh, weekly come staff. On, they're fifth.
2: That's not lukewarm. they're fifth.
1: The entire rest, the every single person on our staff besides you has them at number two, but you have them at five. So. For a team coming off a national championship that has quality wins, that's playing lights-out defense, you have them fifth. Yeah. I mean, what, what I do mean, you got to see here, What's the deal? My
2: four preseason college football playoff teams are all still undefeated. Okay. Why would I so bump them down? That's what it's about. That's what this is about. It's exactly what it's about. Alabama, Oklahoma, Penn State, and USC. So until – I mean, okay, all right. I mean, doesn't it make
1: sense, though? It does. I think that's a decent argument. For me, I'll be honest with you, when I do my rankings every week, it's a clean sheet of paper. I don't even look at what I've done before.
2: Well, I got a spreadsheet that's color-coded. I, I got bet some you do. Con- I got some conditional formatting on there. You can see <laughs> who's got stock up, stock down. Man. Uh, yeah, it's... It's I mean, pretty, I wake
1: up on Sunday morning, and you've got the rankings over to me as I put those together. Yeah, so but I, I, don't get, I, send,
2: I don't send the numbers of the yeah. ranks to you in the DM, and I got yes. yelled at for that last week. Reprimanded. So I'm going do my absolute best <laughs> to make sure when I send my rankings over on Sunday this week, Thank you. Uh, they're, they're adequately labeled. So it's yes. one less thing you have to worry about.
1: Thank you. Thank you for complying with my uh, my modest request, sir. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's is what what it is what it is. Yep. So... Uh, triple digits, Kyle. Today,
2: yeah, happy one hundred, dude. This is yeah, nuts. Man. This is our second outlet of hitting one hundred <laughs> episodes of podcasting together.
1: Who I, I think that's a record, right? Like
2: we, if we that don't hold any to.
1: records, that's one, a hundred different episodes on two different draft podcasts. So, um,
2: in the past, we'll take it. from September to September, we got that's... it in approximately thirteen months. That's a hell of a lot of talking to each other. Yeah, that's disgusting. I don't know how you guys are still listening. Well, <laughs> they, they are, and thank you. Now, yes. just
1: wait until we can yes. get our 280 tweet limit. Uh, get up into that category, yeah, let's man. let's talk be... about
2: this. There, there are people with 13 followers on Twitter that are able to tweet 280 characters out. And I live on this application. <laughs> this is the least you can do for me, Twitter is give, uh, yeah. give me this this new gateway to use your product.
1: What's your plan? What's the first tweet you, you you pull it up, you
2: see that 280 instead of the 140 at the bottom. Kyle, what are you going to do? Oh, uh, sorry. Sure I'm going to be a sarcastic ass about something. This seems to be my brand <laughs> on social media. Um I think it's just going to be a list of reminders
1: to people about things you were right about.
2: That's my prediction for you. Oh, you think so? It's going to be some – I'm going to cash in some receipts? Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. Maybe you won't now because I said that, but that's what I was thinking. That's not a bad idea,
2: actually. (laughs) You can't even resist it. No. No, I'm sitting here thinking about which ones I would break out.
1: Well, Kyle, you thought you were packing the rest of the night.
2: No, it's going to be Kyle preparing for that first 280 tweet. Well, I mean, there's a, I have a lot of life comes at you fast receipts. Um, for example, somebody talking about can't wait to watch Calvin Pryor starting on the Browns, and then he's <laughs> cut like two weeks later. Or uh, somebody said something along the lines of, uh, who was the VOTEC quarterback last year, Joe, that went undrafted, declared early? Gerard Evans. Gerard Evans, yeah, totally totally blank my mind. Somebody said Gerard Evans was the best quarterback on the Eagles roster to me. Mm-hmm. And then he was cut like a day later. So, life comes at you fast. Those are good examples of like a bad take goes south very quickly. And those are my <laughs> favorite kinds of receipts right now. So, I mean, that's that's a strong candidate for a first two hundred eighty character tweet.
1: Maybe eventually you'll be in people's heads, so they'll think to themselves,
2: "Is Kyle gonna? Is Kyle yeah. gonna pop me here?" Yeah, yeah. Is Kyle? I hope gonna, I am. Oh, well, That's, I, I have a great enthusiasm and appreciation for the at old takes exposed account. Yeah, I but bet you, you probably get like mobile
1: notifications when they
2: tweet. No, I don't. But you know what? I'm just, I'm enjoying being a fan of that account before <laughs> I get hit with one. Because yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's, <laughs> there's a couple some... takes out there that should have some... already been put on blast. So until I get hit with that first one, I'm a big time fan of that account. Gotcha, gotcha. I have no what I no idea
1: what I'm doing for that 280. Um, I, 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 so I'll have to spend some time this weekend while I'm driving around uh, thinking of my yeah, plans. You're for...
2: Have a lot of time in the car. Oh my to God, think about man!
1: I am doing three games in, in as many nights, two two for work purposes, the other I'm just going to fanboy up at the Bills and Falcons on Sunday. But yeah, man, Friday night, Miami heads to Durham, takes on Duke, and Saturday, North Carolina State and Syracuse, then get in the car and go all the way down to Atlanta for the Bills and Falcons, and and then I'm just not going to leave my bed on Monday. So I am excited. About
2: the weekend ahead, yeah, we've got the same general plan for the start of our week next week uh, how <laughs> how what's the distance from Duke to n c state they they're fairly uh, close, right yeah, no,
1: it's right there it's it's no, it's a little hop down the road. it's you know within thirty forty five
2: minutes somewhere in there, okay, so at least that first night will be a pleasant layover,
1: yeah, yeah, know? it won't be bad I you know,
2: gotta get my work done, this game will be over round eleven, get my work done, hopefully be in the. Hotel two three AM. Now here's the bad news. You're going the wrong way. Because you gotta go to Atlanta on Sunday. Yes. So you're yep. driving the opposite way from your house of where <laughs> you're gonna ultimately be finishing your weekend. Oh. Um it's tough luck, man. Best of luck to you. Oh darn. Yeah. Yeah. What a <laughs> bummer, right? Yeah, what a bummer. I have to
1: figure out a way to get to Atlanta from Raleigh to see the Bills play at Mercedes Benz Stadium. That's that's Sounds like a be rough just...
2: gig. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Rough life we have sometimes, man.
2: All right, so let's uh, let's talk some football from this weekend, yeah. Yeah. You got two it. games, so I'm gonna let you take first game. Let's let's yeah. let's look at one of your your two scouting trip games. I'll I'll look at mine in between, and then obviously there's a couple of the games that we do want to profile throughout the course of um, this weekend's events. So Joe, uh, Miami Duke, you want to start there? Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Miami Duke Friday night. Uh, in Durham,
1: 7 o'clock. This is a good football game. Uh, Duke's undefeated. Miami's undefeated. Duke's 4-0. and They've won their uh, four games by a combined 100 points. So they are taking care of business. They beat three power five teams in a row. Northwestern, Baylor, and North Carolina. This is a good football team. Um, I think uh, the most exciting thing from an NFL draft perspective about this Duke football team is their quarterback, Daniel Jones. He's a redshirt sophomore, and he is a toolsy guy. He's big. Uh, he's 6'5", 230. He's a dual threat guy, has a big arm, he can run, and uh, he's got a lot of really nice NFL traits. So he's a guy that, look, he's going to Duke. I don't expect him to be a red shirt sophomore that declares, but a guy that when we think about the quarterbacks coming in the coming classes, I think Daniel Jones will be a, a guy that we think about. Uh, another exciting thing about this Duke football team is they've got a couple of running backs that know how to uh, know how to get some yards. They've got a, a two-headed uh, attack. They've got Sean Wilson, who is a senior. He's the uh, the more elusive guy. He's got uh, 357 yards and five touchdowns, averaging 6.1 yards a carry so far this season. And they've got the power guy, which is a freshman, Britton Brown, who's also got 300 plus yards, averaging 6.3 a carry, and that two-headed attack combined with the, the dual threat ability of Daniel Jones makes for a pretty exciting offense. And obviously, they're well coached. David Cutcliffe, one of the best football coaches uh, in college football, and, and uh, you know that you're going to have a good scheme and a good plan for them offensively. Um, now, on defense, they this defense is, has been really good so far this season. 35 tackles for loss over their first four games. And uh, this is a, a team that knows how to get into the backfield and disrupt. And their their main player on defense is linebacker Ben Humphreys. He uh, he had a big year last year, 106 tackles, 11 for loss, four and a half sacks. And then he's off to a, a quick start this year. He's already got four and a half tackles for loss, a sack, an interception. He leads the team in quarterback hurries. He scored a touchdown on defense. So uh, he's kind of a big play guy, and uh, he'll be a fun guy to watch uh, this game, and he's going to be tested, man. This uh, this Miami offense has a lot of weapons, and uh, that starts with their talented running back, Mark Walton. Um, he is uh, off to a great start this year. Uh, so far, He's uh, he's played in two games and has 352 yards. He's averaging 13 yards per carry on the season. He had 204 rushing yards last week against Toledo on 11 carries. This guy is producing offense at a – fast rate and uh we're supposed to get Amon Richards their their wide receiver back Please. for this game Yes, he's 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 gonna play. He's a he's a talented freshman from last year, averaged uh I think almost twenty yards a catch, nine hundred and thirty four yards and eleven starts. So uh excited to see him back in his first action this season. And when you think about Mark Walton, that running back who's a pretty elusive guy, had some big monster games last year as well, who you know, he surplanted Joseph Yerby in that depth chart, who, you know, he's a pretty good football player in his own right. Now we get Amon Richards back. That's gonna be a fun a combination on offense for Miami against the Duke defense. I watched the tape, uh, a couple other games. You know, getting ready for this game. One thing about Duke is they're a well-coached football team. They're disciplined, but they don't have a lot of speed. Right, smart guys, not necessarily the best athletes. So uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup with you know Duke being at home, disciplined team taking on a team that uh, you know is a little bit. They're going to be able to out out athlete them a little bit, uh, but uh, you know we'll see how that that unfolds. Uh, there's some some neutralizers in this matchup. Uh, when I look at the rest of the Miami team from an NFL draft scouting appeal, they've got a tight end. That's not bad. Chris Herndon. I was waiting for uh, you to drop that. Yeah, name. I'm not, I'm not going to forget him. I know I—I I listen when you talk, man. You told me about him. I know you saw him last year and uh, some of your work that you did with this Hurricanes program, and so I've got a star next to him to check him out. Uh, he had a nice touchdown catch. I think it was last week against Toledo, and, and he looks pretty good. And then uh, Nick Lindery, we know he's injured, but they've got an offensive guard in Casey McDermott. Want to see what he has, but uh, they got some defensive talent as well, man. A couple of defensive linemen here. This uh, Chad Thomas, man, he's the first guy off the bus type of player, 6'6", six, six, 275, had 11, uh, 11 and a half tackles for loss and, and two and a half sacks um, so far coming into this game. And, you know, he's the guy that you think about has all the tools to break out. This will be a good test for him. They've got the big defensive tackle, Kendrick Norton. He's 6'3, 312 pounds. And, uh, you know, he was really flashy last season. So definitely excited to see him go against this Duke offense that offers some, uh, you know, uh, these running backs that are talented. And Duke's offensive line gets after it, man. They're not like the the biggest, burliest guys, man, but they. they they play with great technique. They fire off the ball hard and low, and they're going to challenge you. They'll challenge you all game long. So this will be a good test. And then uh, they got a junior defensive tackle, uh, RJ McIntosh, who's exciting. He's um he's a little bit more of an athletic, penetrating type player. So they got the linebackers. They're all young underclassmen. So excited to see them. There's a lot of good appeal right here in this game. I'm excited about being there. And those are kind of the the guys that I'll be paying attention to.
2: Yeah, who would have thought Miami Duke would be a game that. Joe Marino could rip off double-digit names. <laughs> that <laughs> well, are relevant excited, from you know a me. from a draft perspective. Yeah, uh, but that I think that's my favorite part of doing like the live game scouting and making the rounds and watching because there are so many names, right? And and there's good football players on every level. Uh, FCS teams. You know, look at Carson Wentz, for example, or. Uh, Dallas Goddard this year, the tight end. Uh, FCS programs have legit NFL talent. So if you're getting a Power 5 school, you can bet there your eyes are going to be busy. And my eyes are going to be busy this weekend. Because uh, I'm Bless looking you. at this, this Clemson Tigers uh, death chart and this Virginia Tech Hokies death chart. And I don't even know where to start. Uh, <laughs> uh, just reading through, I'll go... Uh, Clemson offense, relevant names to know, wide receiver Dion Kane, True Jr., wide receiver Ray-Ray McLeod, True Jr., Redshirt Jr., Hunter Renfro, slot receiver, uh, left tackle Mitch Hyatt, True Jr., right guard Tyrone Crowder Jr., Redshirt Sr. Uh, that's half the offense right there. <laughs> I'm already going to have to watch half the offense. And on the other side of the ball simultaneously, you have a potential for three really high-profile players. Virginia Tech has Tremaine Edmonds, who is a physical specimen. He's listed 6'5", 250-plus, and he moves well. Like I saw him turn and run with Crawford, the running back from West Virginia, in the season-opening game in a wheel route. Carried him down the field on a wheel route at 6'5", 250-plus. Uh, can be a big-time thumper, has great range. Uh, True Jr., he is one to put a star next to. Uh, Brandon Fakeson, the, the red shirt senior corner, is another one to watch. He is very long, very lean. Uh, but the guy across from him, he's missed the last couple of games. It's, I, I haven't seen an update on if he's going to play this weekend or not. Adonis Alexander is the better of the two corners, but Virginia tech touts two corners. If Alexander's on the field that are six, two or longer. And, uh, both of these guys have some pretty nice ball skills as far as playing from a receiver's hip pocket and extending up to contest the football, utilizing that length, reaching it at its highest point, not letting receivers beat them, with getting their hands to the football, uh, Alexander's really physical too. Fakes and leaves me wanting more at times in terms of his ability to step up and make a tackle. But Alexander, man, I really hope he plays because he is superbly physical. He tackles well. I see him, you know, easily dropping off against West Virginia in zone coverage, stepping up and challenging routes that are quick hitting in front of his face. You know, no longer committing to carrying the. Uh, the vertical stem, because he sees the ball being thrown. So just a really good awareness out in space. Uh, Those are the names when Clemson has the ball. When Virginia Tech has the ball, uh, Virginia Tech has a wide receiver, Cam Phillips, who is a true senior, uh, very talented player. Uh, He's somebody I think projects probably more favorably as a slot because he wins a a lot against off coverage, but his ball skills are good. He, He was the guy last year, when Virginia Tech still had Bucky Hodges. Uh, they like to use him in the short areas of the field, let him get the ball in his hands quickly and be more of a ball carrier as compared to an actual receiver. So I'm interested to see how he progresses as far as being given more routes to run. But uh, he had a huge game against West Virginia, really helped them. Uh, the Hokies win that football game. And we've been tipped off on their, their left tackle, uh, Yusa Nijman who is a junior, left tackle number 69, very big body, uh, kind of checks the visual boxes that you want to see. He's somebody I'm not too familiar with, but Nijman's somebody that was tipped off to us, Joe. So I am going be, gonna to be watching him. And my goodness, does he have his hands full as the left tackle going against this defensive line featuring Cleland Farrell, redshirt sophomore, Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle true junior, Dexter Lawrence, who is not eligible but is a true sophomore and probably 330 pounds of just wrecking ball, and then Austin Bryant, uh, who is another true junior defensive end, uh, who was extremely disruptive uh, a couple weeks ago in the Clemson game against I believe it was Louisville. Bryant was was very disruptive in that game. Uh, so right there the entire that's an NFL front four that Clemson's able to tout and I think you have a logistic chance for two or three of these guys to be first-round draft selections when it's all said and done. Uh, So that's the matchup I'm most looking forward to, especially when you look at how Coach Fuente and and Virginia Tech runs their offense because – They're making the most of having an athlete at the quarterback position. And this defensive line, this NFL caliber defensive line, is really going to be tested with gap responsibility and execution, playing team defense. If these guys start getting off the rails and start chasing the ball, you're going to start seeing them get gashed in the running game. So I need to see Farrell, Wilkins, Lawrence, and Bryant Really hold their gaps, execute the defense, not chase the football and be a dog chasing cars, right? You got to sit, hold your gap, execute, protect your gap, and let the football come to you. But that unit right there is one of the best individual units in all of college football. That is four NFL starters, in my opinion. So, There's a ton to watch in this football game, but that is what I'm most looking forward to. That offense against when Virginia Tech has the football.
1: And these I mean, I know that we have got our handfuls with a draft eligible talent, but Clemson's got some young studs,
3: yeah
2: uh,
1: those in the backfield those, that in team a guy and and feaster that running back man all these guys look so good man a lot lot to pay attention to uh next game for me, North Carolina State Syracuse, so you know there's not a lot of great noon kicks so so tune in with me twelve twenty and we can watch some good ACC football together uh the team obviously with more NFL talent is going to be North Carolina state and a quarterback that we've teased a few times, uh, over the summer as kind of a guy to keep an eye on. And, and has proven that so far this year is, is, North Carolina state quarterback, Ryan Finley. He's a Boise state transfer. He's completing 74.2% of his passes so far this year with eight touchdowns and no interceptions over 1200 passing yards in his first four games. So he's playing some good ball. And he's a guy to keep paying attention to because, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, not necessarily that they're the same, but like Kyle and I had this epiphany last year with uh, Nathan Peterman. Right. And so we're kind of having that same kind of appeal here. So uh, pay attention to this guy. I think he's a guy we're going to talk about as a, as a Sunday player. Now, I'm not saying he's a starter or anything like that, but the growth is there. He's he's playing even better this year. He's, he's appealing and how he does in this ACC schedule will be very telling. Uh, looking at the rest of this NC State team now I know we talked about him coming out of last weekend but uh, Jalen Samuels their offensive weapon I mean he's listed as a tight end I don't it's kind of weird he's 511 223 but he's he plays everywhere he's thrown a pass this year for 25 yards he's got four rushing touchdowns he's caught 38 passes uh, with three receiving touchdowns I mean this guy's a, a jack- of-all-trades and um you know uh, it just excited to see him in person see how he moves right want to get a get eyes on those movement skills and then you know see see what role he can play at the next level level but i don't i think where i'm gonna go with this i i just already feel it is that don't give this guy a role just let him be an asset to your offense and use him in a variety of different ways but definitely excited about seeing him North carolina state has some young receivers uh, that are appealing but uh, those guys are not eligible but uh, as you're if you're watching that Game just know they've got a couple studs on the outside that are underclassmen that can catch the football. Uh, looking at the defensive side of the ball, NC State is is very much like Clemson in that they're you know not necessarily the the blue chip potential prospects, but these guys have four defensive linemen that are all on the NFL Raider. The uh, first and foremost, you know, Bradley Chubb, uh, he's having a phenomenal season so far. Um, I think he's got seven, yeah, seven and a half, th- seven and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. Already this season, he is playing some great football uh, in his senior season. He's the cousin of of, uh, Nick Chubb from Georgia. So there's a fun fact for you to take away. Uh, Then they've got uh, defensive tackle Justin Jones, defensive tackle B.J. Hill, and then the other side of uh, Chubb is Contavious Street. So three, four dudes that uh, have NFL potential, Um, you know, these are guys that are going to get a chance to play on Sundays, and some of those will be, you know, potentially day one, day two picks. So uh, there, there's a lot of defensive talent here on this NC State team, and uh, we'll see how they do against Syracuse. Syracuse is, you know, NC State's probably favored to win this game. Uh, Syracuse has some appealing players as well. Um, one thing I'll say about Syracuse, man, I love Dino Babers, right? Uh I'm really excited about him and where he's got this program headed. Uh I think he will he's the right guy to, to get things going there and, and he kinda brings a different brand of football to Syracuse that uh, gives them a chance, I think, in, in the ACC. Uh, they've got a dual-threat quarterback in Eric Dungy. I don't know that he's an NFL guy, but I, from the game perspective, I like that they have a player like that to see him match up against this North Carolina State defensive line and some of the talent they have. Uh, they've got this receiver. It seems like Syracuse always kind of has a receiver that's, you know, marginal skill set, but uh, is highly productive. And um, that guy this year... Um. They have they have him again. And so that's uh Steve Steve Ishmael. That's his name. Steve Ishmael. He's already caught forty-five balls for five hundred and twelve yards this year. So forty-five? Uh, he, he's that what's that? Forty-five? He's caught forty-five balls. Oh, yes. Okay. So so they, they they always have a receiver they just feed the ball to. That's their guy this year. So pay attention to him. Uh, and then uh the 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 most appealing NFL prospects of this game for Syracuse is their two linebackers, uh, Zaire Franklin and Paris Bennett. Uh, Franklin's the more appealing guy. He's uh, he's a guy that's uh, came into the season with, you know, 21 tackles for loss, five sacks. And, uh, he, you know, he. the Syracuse defense did okay against LSU. They, they gave him a game last year or last week. So I'll be interested to see how they do. This this week this, against this North Carolina State offense that you know does present some different challenges and you know see what kind of player he is. This is been my real first exposure uh, to Franklin, but um, I peeped him a little bit before the game, and he looks like he has an NFL skill set. So uh, interested to see how he go, does in this football game, and um, really excited about this weekend, man. Uh, a lot of football and, and a lot of traveling, and this is what we live for, man. So I'm I'm pumped.
2: Absolutely. Now, Joe, what if I told you there was a game? Tonight, uh, <laughs> that featured two potential NFL quarterbacks and a high-profile pass rusher. Sounds pretty good, right? Sounds pretty good if, if after you finish the Duke-Miami game, right? That's right. So you've got a little Pac-12 after dark tonight at 10.30 when USC faces Washington State. And the name that I want to talk about is not necessarily Sam Darnold. It's not necessarily Luke Falk. It's Hercules Mata'afa. Hercules Mata'afa is a defensive end, 6'2", 252. He has eight tackles for loss and four and a half sacks in three games thus far for Washington State. Uh, he has been on an absolute tear to start the season. And he is—he checks the visual boxes. And he plays the game violent. He's somebody that I like quite a bit. Uh, now, he's going to have his hands full uh, against Sam Darnold. But this is kind of like opposite moving trajectories here. And I think it will be interesting to see if the trajectories continue on the pathway that they're on if we even out, or you've got a big rebound from Darnold and and Mata Afa's really eliminated from from the football game. Um, Obviously, Joe, we've we've talked about Darnold and his current situation and how he's playing. Uh, On the other side of the football, there's Luke Falk, who I don't believe has thrown an interception yet this year. Um, I'm going to have my producer work on that. And confirm that as either fact or fiction. But Luke Falk, as, has he, as he always does, is putting up very big numbers for Washington State. Uh, he's played four games. He's attempted 169 passes. He's completed 130 of them. He's completing 77% of his passes. 14 touchdowns and one interception on the year this far. Uh, but... But I'm not in. I don't see an NFL player here, Joe. And this is stemming off of what I saw last year watching Luke Falk play. What I continue to see when I look at his current up-to-date resume. I did have the opportunity to catch uh, stretches of the Boise State game. And that was uh, his worst game of the year. He completed only 70... Percent of his passes, but he did not throw a touchdown pass in that game and threw his only interception of the year in that game. So, Falk and this passing offense, it's just not sustainable, in my opinion. As far as this style of play, you're going to ask a player that by and large takes a lot of hollow yards by the spacing in which they, they space the field. And they've always got that shallow crosser coming across the middle. And so many times Falk will put that ball right on him across the middle of the field. Uh, the vertical routes are carrying zone or man defenders up away from the line of scrimmage. You've got a large amount of space to run. And they're all very easy completions for Falk. He's successful throwing the ball short. When you ask him to push the ball down the field, he does not have anywhere near the same level of success. Uh, I'm just too apprehensive about too much, and I see the numbers and I understand. I mean, yeah, the guy is, he's already thrown over 100 touchdown passes in his career. He's, for his career, first of all, he's averaged, or he's thrown 1,700 passes in his college career over the course of 9, 12, 21, 34 games, 1,700 passes. He's completing 70% in his college career for over 12,000 yards, 103 touchdowns. I get it. The production's there. But the way that they play the game, the way that he approaches the game, they're all very mitigated, easy decisions. Um, I'm not in. I'm out. You know, I I really, I don't know if I would use, you know, from everything I've seen, I watched four games of Falk last year, I've watched one game of Falk this year, I don't know if I'd use a draft selection on him. And I know that's kind of a hard opinion, because I know that there are some colleagues of ours who really like Luke Falk, but I'm not one of them. Yeah, that'll be, hey, that'll be a receipt, right? Maybe, maybe, uh, all takes back exposed. Yeah.
1: And... <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I tend to agree with you. Um, but, um, you know, uh, man, it's, it's tough because that is such a, uh, I mean, we talk about spread systems and they're not all the same. That one's like just, yeah, the most wide open. And why doesn't every team just always have that shallow crosser, uh, at the disposal of the quarterback? I don't know, man. It seems like it's, uh, pretty safe method there but um all right let's move on text tennessee georgia and uh it's a big game in the SEC East, man. If uh Tennessee's gonna make a run at this thing, it would help by uh beating Georgia. And they've beat Georgia the last couple seasons. Last year, obviously the crazy uh Juwan Jennings play at the end. But uh Tennessee plays Georgia tough all the time. Tennessee's won eighteen of the last twenty-three games. I know everyone's calling for Butch Jones head, but the man's eighteen and five in his last twenty three contests. So say what you will about him. Uh he's uh he's winning a whole lot more than he's losing over there. So um When I look at this game, I think about this Tennessee defensive line and, you know, they've got a lot of highly touted prospects, Jonathan Kongbo, Khalil McKenzie, Ty shuttle, these guys, uh, Vickers, these guys need to, to nut up, man. (laughs) I saw this game against Georgia tech and I know Georgia and Georgia tech are really different offenses, but I saw the way that this, this Tennessee defensive line was moved and cut and, uh, they're going to get the same type of thing from Georgia and they got this, this really a three headed rushing attack, but you know, the feature guys from an NFL draft perspective is Nick Chubb and, uh, and Sonny Mitchell. And they've got this left tackle, Isaiah Wynn, who's probably an NFL player. I don't think he will be a tackle, but he will be a guard Um, and some other guys on this offensive line that'll play on Sundays. And so I'm, I'm really anxious to see how this Tennessee defensive line rises to the occasion, because if they're going to have a chance against Georgia, they're going to have to stop the run. Uh, we know what Georgia has on defense. This is one of the most fast physical front sevens in college football. You've heard me rave about Raquan Smith. He can play. Uh, they've got Natrez Patrick. He can play. They've got Lorenzo Carter and David Pellamy and Trenton Thompson. I mean, they're loaded. And so this will be a nice matchup for John Kelly, right, another talented running back in the SEC, and uh, how he does against a, a fast and physical Georgia front seven. So a game with a ton of implications, a lot of NFL talent, and um hey, yeah, this is this is a, a a good game from an NFL draft scouting perspective. And then let me throw one more name out there, and he's a true freshman. But my God, he's fun to watch. This is a Tennessee right guard, Trey Smith. He's like six six three twenty. He's like nineteen years old, and he's got grown man strength. And he's this is going to be a, a potential very high offensive guy guard prospect uh, in, in a few seasons. But uh, anxious to see him because he's just a ton of fun watching him play at such a young age. So Tennessee, Georgia, man, this is big implications here in the SEC East.
2: Yeah, uh, I remember a, watching a splash play of that guard on a pole. <laughs> and um, oh. uh, he i mean—he put a guy in like the third row, just, just absolutely ran him over. So uh, it does take a little bit extra as an offensive lineman to grab my attention, but that did it. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him uh, continue to grow into uh, his college career and, and really take off with the the raw ability that he has. Uh, but Joe, that's going to do it for us today here on the draft, dudes. We've we've adequately summed up much, not all. But much of what you guys can look forward to from an NFL draft specific focus in uh, week five of the college football season. We thoroughly hope you guys enjoyed uh, today's episode of the draft. Dudes, if you did, please hit that subscribe button and follow along with us. We are every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Joe, I have it on pretty good authority. We're actually going to have a pretty special guest on the show. Next week. Yes. So that's yes, very excited. Yeah. That's we're really looking forward to this one. So you guys make sure to hit that subscribe button, follow along with us. You can also follow along with us on social media. Uh, you can find Joe at the Joe Marino. You can find me on Twitter at NDT scouting. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash NDT scouting. So be sure to follow us along all of those social media networks And uh, we will do our absolute best to keep you all in the loop with everything that's going on from an NFL draft focus, what our work is, uh, where we're going on a week to week basis. You know, we are on the road a ton this fall, so we're going to have some inside scoops. I got some good information uh, coming and stemming from uh, my trip out west to Arizona Those two games that I was at last weekend, got a chance to sit next to NFL scouts on both of those games. Uh, So some FUD nuggets that are going to be starting to get teased a little bit. So plenty to look forward to. I'm Kyle Krabs, signing off with Joe Marino. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. Enjoy week five of the college football season, and we will see you all on Monday.